We're going to talk about the battle between Hector and Achilles in book 22. Quick review of book 21 in the Theomachy. We saw Ares challenge Athena. Who won? Athena, by far, knocked him down over nine leagues or nine acres. Then Aphrodite tried to save him. She got hit in the breast by Athena. Athena, two, Trojan gods, zero. We then saw Poseidon go against Apollo, but Poseidon sort of got in Apollo's head. He said, I don't even know why you're fighting for this Trojan side, seeing as Laomedon tricked you and me uh, last time we were down here. You had to be a shepherd. I had to build a wall. And we both want to destroy uh, well, excuse me, we want to destroy the uh, Kean wall, but basically what Poseidon says is, I don't get why you're on the Trojan side. A Trojan tricked you and enslaved you for a year. You should be on the Achaean side. Apollo then seems to agree in a way. He says, well, just as the generations of leaves are on a tree, so are the generations of man. I'm not going to fight for man since man is so short-lived. I'm going to fly away. Artemis then gets angry at him, his twin sister, then gets a boxing on the ears by Hera, which is both harmful or both hurtful and humiliating because it's treating her like a child. And then we get to see Hermes, named Argephantes in this case, Argus killer, and we explained what that meant last time, go against Leto, but seeing as Leto is a former lover slash wife of Zeus, Hermes says, "Mm, no, no, I'm not going to fight you because... Perhaps that could lead to negative consequences for me uh, down the line. And one thing I just want you to draw your attention to is, is Hermes clearly thinking about the future and his future and the future of the gods when he refuses to fight against Leto? Is he showing the foresight that might have prevented this entire war from happening had, say, Paris or maybe even Menelaus or maybe even Helen had it? So are we perhaps getting a small lesson from Homer? Perhaps the best way to keep conflict out of your life is to prevent it from wanting. It's to prevent it from happening in the first place, to prevent it from starting. Because once it starts, is it in your control anymore? Think of the Trojan War. No. Multiple people get invited to that party, and you don't know what they're going to do ever. Ever heard of Romeo and Juliet? Well, that's supposedly a love story, right? Can you... Do you know what it's actually a story of? Conflict. And who it takes as victims once it sets out. And often it takes as victims both in, uh, well, in ancient times as well as in Elizabethan times as in times now. Who often gets eaten by conflict? Older people or younger people? Often the young. Often the young. And so is it more dangerous or less dangerous to be young? More, because it's easier to get into conflict, and when you become conflicted and you get into conflict with people, you do not know what is going to happen. In fact, we have a good illustration of that. Achilles recently had a conflict with Agamemnon. What was the ultimate consequence of that conflict, which he would have never, ever predicted, which he had a hand in producing himself? The death of Patroclus, his own best friend. The death of his own best friend, that's right. That's right. And so, excellent. I'm glad we got to that lesson. I didn't know that if we were going to get there today. All right. Now we need to see the final fight. So after Leto and Argyphantes do not fight, we then get uh, a, a change of scene to the Tacos, to the Wall of Troy. Priam sees that Achilles is out on the battlefield killing everybody. And so he sounds the what? Everybody's dying on your side. What do you need to do? Retreat. 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 
He sees the Trojans are losing. He opens the city gates. And now, that would be a big problem. When he opens the city gates, if Achilles sees that opening, Achilles will lead the troops inside and destroy Troy. So we need a distraction. Luckily, Apollo seems to be back on the side of the Trojans, takes the form of one of the Trojans, and runs from Achilles. When Achilles, like a predator, sees or a bear, sees something run away from him, which sensors activated him? His attack systems, yes, his, his predatory aggression systems. And so he chases, like a cat chasing a mouse, Apollo. This is all a very clever ruse. It actually reminds me quite a bit of, was there a time when a very powerful god got tricked by a very intelligent god to keep him from focusing on something happening down on the battlefield? Can somebody tell me when that happened? Yes. When Hera tricked Zeus. When Hera tricked Zeus into not looking down on the battlefield so that who could help the Achaeans? Poseidon. Poseidon. And so twice now in this text, at least twice, we have seen that what defeats brute strength, either God or man? Intelligence. Intelligence, that's right. That's right, and that will be a big theme in the Odyssey. And I would even suggest if you were like, Mr. Schmidt, why is that theme in that book? That what this book is illustrating is how we as a people transitioned from thinking that brute strength was the ultimate way to win in battle and to form a community to the use of intelligence. And in fact, I would say that's a very old uh, idea. Uh, supposedly, we ha now have evidence that in chimpanzee troops, the chimpanzee alphas, they have an alpha structure. And when you have an alpha structure with mammals, the alpha gets all the ladies because he chases off all the weaker males. and so. The alphas that are most successful amongst chimpanzees, and this is the weirdest thing, are not the strongest ones, but the ones that pay most attention to the social relations between the women and the children. And uh, I think that's very interesting. So it's almost like even with chimpanzees, the more politically savvy uh, leaders are the better leaders. And you might wonder, with humans, do you think it's the more intelligent leaders or the big, uh, powerful, muscly, cruel leaders that do the best? It's like obviously the intelligent right obviously the intelligent ones yes very and very interesting and so in the Iliad we seem to be struggling with that idea what makes you the best leader being the strongest like who Achilles or being the best at commanding troops like Agamemnon or and we might put off as a side being the most capable or competent like who who's the most capable Achaean who always gets the job done regardless of the job fighting stealing spying yes Odysseus, Odysseus right Okay, good, good. So Apollo distracts Achilles in the form of Agenor. The Trojan forces are retreating. They are in a panic at this moment. Let's go. All right. Hector remains alone outside the walls as Achilles realizes he has been tricked by Apollo. And Apollo, or Achilles has some pretty hard words for Apollo there. He says something to the effect of, if you were a mortal, I would be sure to punish you for this, but you're not, so I'm not going to. Well, then we have what uh, for students is a really quite a joyous moment. Uh, because how many of you would be brave enough to admit that your mother had ever embarrassed you out in public before? Yelling at you, threatening you, saying something way too loud about you in the presence of someone that might hear about it. Oh my gosh, mom. Uh. Well, here's a claim I'm going to make. 
Not a single one of you has been embarrassed by your mom in the way that Hector is about to be embarrassed in front of all the Trojan people. And all of you start to think, yeah, right, Mr. Schmid. You better produce some evidence for that. My mom's the most embarrassing person on the planet. How many of you are thinking that? Remember, there's no camera on the recording. <laughs> uh, let the recording note that everybody raised their I'm just kidding. Nobody raised their hands. They refused to. Okay, this is what um, Priam and Hecuba do. And I, I better be able to find this. Yes. Oh, yes. So I see what Priam is saying here. But I need to... Ah, yes. Okay. Priam and Hecuba plead with their son, urging him to come inside the walls and not face Achilles alone. The old man, stretching his hands out, called pitifully to him. This is Priam, line 37 of book 22. Hector, beloved child, do not wait the attack of this man alone away from others. You might encounter your destiny beaten down by Pelion, since he is far stronger than you are. And let's see, more, 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 more. He says this. Yes, yes, yes. He, poor old man, he's going to be so. Okay, good, 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 good. All right. So the old man spoke, and in his hands, seizing the gray hairs, tore them from his head. This is line 79. Uh, uh, but could not move the spirit in Hector. And side by side with him, his mother in tears was mourning, and laid the fold of her bosom bare with one hand held out a breast, and wept her tears for him, calling to him in winged words. Okay. She has taken a breast out of her dress and is holding it and is screaming at her son from the top of a wall with all the Trojans running inside of the gates. Hector, my child, look upon these and obey and take pity on me if ever I gave you the breast to quiet your sorrow. Remember all these things, dear child. And from inside the wall, beat off this grim man. Do not go out as champion against him, O oh, hard one. For if he kills you, I can no longer mourn you on the deathbed, sweet branch. O oh, child of my bearing, nor can your generous wife mourn you, but a big way from us beside the ships of the Argives, the running dogs will feed on you. So, <laughs> I love sharing that bit with students. So, uh, all of you, anybody been embarrassed by mom in that sort of way lately? Possibly not, possibly not, right? So it's not so bad. At least you can, maybe you can tell your mom that story. You can be like, at least you're better than Hector's mom. But, you know, she's very scared for her son's life. And uh, I, at least so I'm told, moms can have some pretty irrational, or do some pretty irrational things when they feel like their babies are being uh, are threatened. And, you know, that is that defensive aggressive system, uh, aggression uh, kicking in. And I think we all know that our moms have that heavy, have that heavy. All right, in any case, Hector ignores their pleas. While in his own mind, he ponders his fate, wishfully imagining that it might be possible to make terms with Achilles. Making terms meaning that hopefully Achilles will give, if Achilles beats Hector, which is almost undoubted, that will happen. Hector wants Achilles to give his body back to his family. If Achilles gives his body back to his family, Hector can have an appropriate burial. And then, even though it's a big deal that he dies, it's not that big a deal because he gets to die like a hero. Now, if Achilles does what he's been threatening to do and takes his body back and despoils it and gives it to dogs, then Hector will never be buried. He will never have a hero's burial, a hero's mound. He'll never have a cult of the hero. He will, his story will forever be disfigured 
by this dishonor by Achilleus, which is a big deal, which is a big deal. But, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's see what happens. Hector has said that he is going to stand against Achilleus. But to stand against Achilleus is to t attempt to stand against fate. And the moment that it actually happens is a very different moment from the moments when you first made the decision to endure it in the first place. And so, as Achilleus draws near, Hector is seized by fear. And this has often corrupted many students' perceptions of Hector. What he does is he literally runs away with Achilleus close behind. And well, again, we find a moment of doubt in Zeus. Just as Zeus felt a moment of doubt when his son Sarpedon was about to die, and he questioned whether he should allow fate to happen, he questions that again with great noble Hector. But Athena, Athena in this case, not Hera, convinces him, wisdom, to allow her to help Achilleus instead. Hector, so what Hector will do here is, and, you know, this is sort of a tough moment and something you're going to have to think about when you think about who Hector is, is Hector actually <coughs> runs around Troy three times away from Achilleus. And the most beautiful simile in the entire book involves then the idea of a dream. And I might not be able to find it here right in this very second, but I can tell you what the dream or what the, the phrase says. It says, just as in a dream, when a man approaches another but cannot catch him, so is that of Achilleus following Hector. And just as in a dream, you flee from some source of threat and cannot escape it, so is Hector from Achilleus. That's a... Uh, that's a, I would say that's a good paraphrase. That's a good paraphrase. And let me see. Maybe I can find it here if I just look very, very close. It would probably take more than a second. Maybe if one of you wants to find it and look for it later, we can do that. In any case, in any case, Zeus weighs the destinies of both men in his scales, his golden scales. This is not the first time we've seen this. And Hector's, well, his, uh, his, uh, fate weight is heavier, which means his day of destiny is come. And so, Athena then disguises herself as Hector's brother, Deiphobos. Remember Deiphobos, because he is going to be, um, well, here's a spoiler. After Paris dies, Deiphobos will be the man who marries Helen. Deiphobos will actually be the man who is married to Helen when Troy gets sacked. That means Deiphobos will be the man who endures the wrath of Menelaus when he catches him. And yes, we will see what the Achaeans do today, Phobos, when we get to the Aeneid and see him in the underworld. And yes, they do some pretty horrific things to him. You might say just as the family of Priam tried to destroy the, or to dis, uh, hmm, try to, what is the word I'm looking for? Try to tear apart the family of, of uh, Menelaus. So does Menelaus tear apart Dei Phobos. To get him back and we'll talk about what that means soon all right so athena disguises herself as deiphobos deiphobos then offers himself as ally to hector and says we two brothers can stand against achilleus at least if i stand against him with you you will stand a chance <coughs> hector agrees stops running this is obviously a ploy by athena to do what to hector to make him stand one-on-one -on -one against achilleus so that achilleus kills him so that the fate of Troy will be sealed. And so, let's see what happens. Achilleus versus Hector. 
Well, if y'all have been wondering and waiting for a big-time fight that's going to take multiple pages and is going to be the most glorious fight in this entire book, you are going to be disappointed. Because that is not how it goes down. And in fact, that is not the point of this fight at all. It is a fast fight. It is not quick in any... Or it is not... Uh, it does not take a long time and it is not close in any way. It is a one-sided fight. It is a fast fight and it is a fight where cheating happens on the side of the person who is already going to win anyway. And so, it's not a very satisfying conclusion to the text. And so, that might be a suggestion that with from Homer that conflict that hmm though in our heads we may produce the idea that the ultimate conflict within a narrative is necessarily glorious that may not be the case it may be the case that sometimes conflict is also simply ugly and so let's talk about this so Hector stops and addresses Achilles he proposes before fighting that they agree that the winner will treat the loser's body with respect, correctly, as is custom. Well, unfortunately for Hector, is he even talking to Achilles, the rational human, anymore? Or is he talking to the embodied force of rage, which now is possessing Achilles like a demon possesses the soul of a sinner? Well, let's see what Achilles says before we make that decision. Achilles flatly refuses the deal, no way, and gives this famous simile. Just as, and this is a paraphrase, just as there can be no love between man and lion, natural enemies, nor wolves and lambs, so does Achilles hate Hector. He says they're not even the same species of creature. A, is that correct? B, what does that tell you about Achilles' thinking right now? Very correct and to the point, or very slanted and skewed? Slanted and skewed? Of course. He is not seeing straight. He is not seeing reality for what it is. You might even say that he's what? What is that term that we recently learned when we learned about the daughter of Zeus who was thrown from Olympus down to be an affliction on man for all time after she helped? Yes, 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 yes. Delusion. Delusion. Very good. It's almost like he's delusional. Yes. Well, he attacks, and his first cast misses. He throws a spear at Hector. His first spear totally misses. And then this is always such an interesting moment, I think, in this battle. Athena then makes the, <laughs> makes the missile, the, uh, the spear, flip around and return right to the hand of Achilles. And students always wonder why, because Achilles is going to win anyway. Why would he need help? But then I suppose if you look at this situation from the other direction, it would be, that's just how hopeless this fight is. <laughs> Even the gods are helping Achilles beat Hector. His fate is sealed. Is there any hope for Hector at this moment? No. Even the hope he thinks he has is not real hope, because it's hope in his brother Deiphobos, who is not actually there. And so Athena is really, really, really uh, closing the jaws of fate tightly on Hector. And well, Hector then throws a spear at Achilles. We know that Achilles has a very special, special shield with five layers of metal in it, which is much bigger and stronger than any shield that would have actually existed at that time. Hector's spear effectively bounces off of the shield, doing nothing. And this is the moment of recognition for Hector. This is the moment when he realizes he's going to die. He turns to his side to ask his brother Deiphobos 
for another spear to throw at Achilles. He turns to his side and sees what next to him? Nothing. Who is going to come help him against Achilles? No one. What can he do to stay the day of his destiny at this point? Nothing. He has to accept it. He has to accept his death before it happens. Which, you might imagine, is one of the scariest things that a human has to do. After calling on Deiphobos in vain to provide another spear, Hector realizes that Athena has misled him. That what he thought was wisdom was not wisdom. And that the goddess of wisdom not only can tell you the truth, but can deceive you about the truth, as Pandaros knows as well. He realizes that he is all alone and that he is doomed. The fall of Hector. Now, Achilles kills Hector and boasts aloud of his intention to mistreat Hector's body and says that he will never, ever ransom it back to Priam for proper funeral rites. The Achaeans then crowd around the corpse and all start to stab it together, even though they had no hand in killing it. They just ah, take this, Hector. See how strong you are now to defend against this. Achilles then goes about uh, making some small alterations to Hector's body in order to drag it back to the Achaean camp. So there's a place between the knob of your foot and the Achilles tendon where if you puncture it with a hole, you can loop a leather thong around the Achilles tendon and then drag a person. And that seems to be what Achilles does here. He takes a piece of leather... He knobs four holes in the feet of Hector, loops this leather through, ties Hector to the back of his chariot. Not something that you would normally do or see. Keep in mind, he's also doing this in front of every single Achaean and every single Trojan who's on the wall. It is like the ultimate act of disgrace. Yes? Is that supposed to be ironic because he was shot there? One might imagine that there is a certain irony there in the fact that he deals with the heels of Hector and by story will himself be struck in the heel. Live by the, so live by the sword, die by the sword. That theme's been coming up today. That theme's been coming up today. And so Achilles drags the body back to the camp. And this is something important to note. Well, not important. This is important. This is something to note for your own trivia. Achilles does not drag the body around Troy. He drags it back to the Achaean camp and around Patroclus's pyre. Though in the Aeneid, the claim will be made during a moment of ekphrasis, a picture on a wall of Juno in, the, uh, in Carthage, that Achilles does draw the body around Troy. But that's not what happens. And so just something for you to know from a trivia aspect. The body is dragged back to camp behind his chariot in an outrageous, sacrilegious, and utterly dishonoring and disrespecting act. You might consider this the most disrespectful thing that happens during the entire Trojan War. The most outrageous. The focus then shifts to the city, where we get the mournful reactions of Priam, Hecuba, Andromache. Andromache's worst fears, which were imagined by her and Hector, are from book six, have now come to pass. And her lament is mostly about what a hard life now lies ahead for her fatherless son, 
Astyanax. And also we get the very famous quote from Hecuba where she talks about hating Athalia so much that she wishes she could eat what raw from him. His liver. His liver. Yes. Again, another idea of being so angry that you could cannibalize somebody. Where, when was the last time or who was the last person or god we heard about potentially being so angry that she might wish to cannibalize the Trojan people? She hated them so. Yes. Hera. Yes. Which is interesting too because if you look at say like the modern taking of the host by those called uh, Protestant or Catholic that they seem to cannibalize the body of the Lord but that that's an act of love and so an interesting sort of Christian inversion on that theme that which you eat you usually hate because it was your enemy that you then that you defeated and then consumed that which now you love is that which you take into yourself and becomes part of you ah perhaps that's the idea behind a community right or behind sharing of information sharing of information creates the ultimate community and when you share information you share all that which you love know and love that's right that's right okay Athelias then drags Hector behind his chariot this is one of the most famous pictures I would say um, of Troy you see Achilles here shining with the light on him Xanthos and Balios in front of him neither of them is the right color one should be spotted one should be brown both of these are black they need to read their Iliad closer um, you see several white horses behind him and everybody chasing after him when Hector uh, in sort of dark dust colors in the back there uh, basically uh, when you look at this idea, it's almost as if everybody is trying to chase Achilles in order to stop him, in order to, uh, to uh, make this stop. And so that will be sort of the idea behind the end of this story. Uh, how do we get Achilles to come back to himself, give up this body, and return to the game as we know it, to return to normal, to return to reality? Yes. Is it really tall guy with a really long spear? I assume. I've always wondered that. That's an excellent question. So there is a a really large guy sort of staring at us here. I've often wondered whether that's supposed to be because there are three snakes on him as well. Agamemnon because he sort of has a crown, or Ias the Greater. But I, if this were correct according to scale, for sure that would be Ias the Greater, and it does look a bit like him. You might also wonder whether it's like Zeus or Apollo as well because that golden armor. That golden armor. It could also, I suppose, be who who now has golden armor that we know has golden armor because of a foolish trade that was made with him. Diomedes. Diomedes. So excellent questions. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. This is a base painting of Achilles being dragged by Hector. Something uh, you might notice is there are like a million legs for these horses. There are supposed to be three of them there. Sometimes why you see like faces turned in the wrong direction and the feet turned forward is they didn't know how to represent three-dimensionally yet, so they had to make choices about which way people were turned. And if like their heads turned one way and the feet the other, how are you supposed to represent that? Uh, very tough. And so you can see Achilles here, you can see Hector. Uh, this is probably Iris, but maybe Athena, some <coughs> goddess. Another god or goddess over here, possibly Hermes. Hmm. Yes. Well, in any case, in any case. All right. Let me see, how much time do we have? I think what we have to do is this. Okay, we're gonna give the last lecture tomorrow. We'll have the test on Wednesday.